G'day all, welcome for another podcast, the HR Cartel Podcast. I'm Tim Dive and um, I want to talk today about just some stories from the HR archives, stories from Tales from the Crypt, let's call it that. Um, you know, as an HR person, industrial relations person, been doing this for 16 years, you wouldn't imagine, you wouldn't be able to imagine some of the things that I've had to investigate and look into and conversations I've had to have um, evidence I've had to review, all that sort of stuff. And the same, yeah, for, for all my peers who have been doing this for any any decent length of time, the same story for them, you know. Um, we, we, we absolutely see um, the, the the ugliest and, and the most outrageous of, of people in workplaces that you could imagine, honestly. In all honesty, we do. Um, and if you're an HR pro who hasn't done, who hasn't seen much yet, it's coming to you. Trust me. Um, but look, I thought I might just share two stories with you today. Number one is the unlucky cucumber. That's a that's that's a story that makes me laugh still to this day. But there's good lessons in it, and and I, I want to share. The reason why I want to share these stories is because there are great lessons, um, and very relevant lessons that um, every business should know. Um, out of these two stories. The second story is called The Secretive CEO. Um, so I'll, I'll share I'll share that one too. Before we get stuck into that, of course, the specialist, head over to www.workplaceas.com. Download some employee performance management tools. They're free. Um, outsource your HR to us. Book a consultation. Ask some questions. Follow some podcasts just like this. And, uh, and share your thoughts as well. That's www.workplaceas.com. Check it out. So the unlucky cucumber, what a story this is. This is a story about two young people in a workplace, um, probably at one point thought they were falling in love, thought they'd hit the jackpot and it all went bad. So let's talk about that, the unlucky cucumber. This business, I'm not going to talk about locations, business names and, and that sort of thing. I'll leave all that out, obviously, for obvious reasons. But this business was remote. Um, it was in a, uh, the people were working in like a processing facility of the business. And, um, you know, it, it was so regional, remote town location, not many people out there, not much population, um, young people, monotonous sort of work. You can imagine the environment, right? Um these people always find their own fun. And so um, one day a complaint was made. The young, a young lady in this workplace, and when I say young lady, I, I don't exactly recall the, the, the age, but let's say, let's say at, at the most very early 20s, at the most I would imagine, uh, maybe even late teens. Um, and uh, a complaint was made about a male colleague who was about the same age. Um, complaint was this. I've been getting sent pictures of this guy's dick, right? He's been sending me dick pics. I don't like it. It's aggressive. Uh, um, <laughs> I want it to stop. I'm not interested. So, of course, a, a, a workplace that doesn't have HR on site, doesn't have a lot of... Um, leadership in place, um, gets a complaint like that, a young lady potentially being, you know, uh, aggressively 
sexually chased in the workplace. Um, I laughed before. That's not that's not something to laugh at. But when the story ends, you'll you'll, you'll see what's making me laugh. Um, so of course, the natural response is either shit. She's this. She's young. She's been threatened by by someone obviously sexually. She's shown me the dick pics. It's real. Your natural response is one of two two things: go and march this guy off out of the workplace right away, um, and you'd be forgiven for doing that. But that's not the right thing to do. The other thing you would do is is okay. Well, let's think about this. Tell me everything, and we'll we'll have a conversation and find out what's happened. That's the other thing you might do, and that's the right thing to do. Um, and you'll find out why. So that happened, right? They they didn't have HR people on site. They didn't have excess ex- excessive management and, and leadership skill and capabilities. So they got the consultants to do it, and that's where we come into the picture. Um, now, the person who actually took this on was someone, uh, an advisor in a consulting firm that I was part of, and I was working and guiding this person through their investigation and that sort of thing. She came to me and said, "Oh my God." There's dick pics. There's this. There's that. What do I do? And and the answer was, you got to get the evidence. You know, you, you have to you have to get records of what's happened and what's being claimed, and see if you can substantiate it. That means show me the photos. Um, so she sat down um, with with the employee and um, talked through the complaint, understood what the complaint and the statement would be. And that was essentially what I said before, getting big pics. I don't want it. I want it to stop. Um, I'm not interested and I just want it. I, I want to just get on with it. Um, and uh, so naturally, the complainant has lodged the complaint. The respondent is due a response, obviously. So um, that respondent, I believe, may have been stood down um, with pay while the investigation took place because... That's the right thing to do in that situation. If you've got the risk of you know, potential sexual harassment risk that's so aggressive that dick pics have been sent and suggestions are being made and this, um, this young woman has said, I don't like it, I want it to stop, that can become, that's, that's already reached a point of particular hostility, um, potentially. And so the right thing to do there was to stand the employee down um, that the complaint was made against on pay, but get it done quickly, right? So the conversation with the respondent then ensued, and uh, what happened there was he he laid out a, a, a few more details than the other than the the the, um, the, compla- the complainant uh, laid out for us. She left out some pretty crucial details. Um, apparently, the, the the relationship was a relationship of sorts. It had been ongoing for some time. It was two way. Um, it started with, here's where the unlucky cucumber makes the entrance. It started with the young lady using vegetables on herself sexually and taking videos and sending that to the male colleague at work. Um, in response, he thought it was a great idea to start sending pictures of his dick. Um, so all bad decisions on both sides. The unlucky cucumber was the victim in all this. Um, the poor cucumber had no chance. But essentially what we have now is a complaint that's been made. It's been substantiated. 
However, the complainant was actually the person who started it all and left out all the information that she's actually actively participated, started the conduct herself, encouraged the conduct, welcomed it uh, in a back and forth um, relationship. And at some point, she didn't know how to stop it. Now she's made up a story that left out a lot of the details and could have potentially uh, cost this, this person their, their employment. Um, so what happened, the outcome of that, we'll, we'll wrap it up. The outcome of that was just to, was to have all parties come to the agreement that the conduct should never have happened. It's unacceptable in the workplace. It will never happen again. Both parties agreed to end the relationship, whatever kind of relationship that was. And they're, they're both going to get on with their jobs, get on with their lives, and, and the whole thing gets settled. Bear in mind, we're in a remote and regional location. You can't just sack people and replace them like that. Um, you know, people are hard to find. That's a factor, right? That's a factor. Of course, if the story was different and it was a very aggressive and threatening one-way sexual type of thing, that's a different story. Someone's safety is always overrides that. Um, but... The wrong thing to do in that situation would have been to walk up to that young man and walk him off and terminate him on the spot. There would have been some serious um, unfair dismissal uh, penalties come out of that, I, I can guarantee you. So there's some lessons there for that one. Story number two, let's talk about something else. Story number two is the secretive CEO. Now, we probably all had an encounter with this type of employee Rarely is it the CEO, though, because um, normally when we have employee issues and we investigate and we find out what's going on, we find out some bad stuff, it's not usually the CEO, right? This time, it was. The secretive CEO was part of an, an organisation that had a board and a group of about 30 or so employees. Um, and the board reached out to the consulting firm I was working with and said, look, we don't know what's going on, right? See, the, the, the CEO is telling us it's all good, um, doing what we can. The customers in the industry, because every, every person on this board uh, were key figures in this industry, customers in our industry are contacting us directly, making direct complaints to the board about their service, about the time it takes to get responses, about um, the, the lack of, the lack of um, support they're getting, um, you know, the, the issues that uh, the customer service issues that are happening, all these customers are complaining. Complaints are going through the roof. Um, CEO is saying, don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's all under control. We're doing our best. Um, they don't know what to do about it. So they've reached out to us and uh, I, I then went and did what I call a functionality assessment. Functionality assessment is essentially me designing um, uh, listening to what's happening and, and understanding what's going on and designing a bit of an interview format and, and meeting with everybody to figure out what is actually going on in the workplace. And that might be to do with what, how does leadership work? It could be um, who's, who's reporting to who? How does the, work, how does it work, the, the workflow happen? How does the communication happen? What are the streams of activity going on? Are there crossovers? Are there bottlenecks? Are there all these things? What makes your day difficult? all that sort of stuff. We find out exactly what's going on, what's stopping good performance, what's in the way, what's missing. We find all that out by talking to people. Um, now, in talking to people, um, I realised uh, one thing was clear. The 
organisation, the people, the teams, the people in the, org in the org structure had a deep mistrust of the board. And that made absolutely no sense to me at all, okay? The, a board, people who haven't worked with boards before or in an organisation with a board, the board is separate. Right? The, the board has nothing to do with what's going on in the organisation every day. The board, if they do have uh, stuff, if they do have involvement and they're, they're dipping down and that sort of thing, it's because your, your leadership's broken and they're having to do it, right? Something's wrong. That's, what, that's a sign of that. But boards typically stay right out of the operations. Okay? They have no, no role to play in how an organisation operates and functions, um, especially if you've got a CEO and general managers and, and a team. You know, that they shouldn't be anywhere in there having, having any kind of direct relationships with your employees to the extent that the mistrust is there, right? So someone's causing that mistrust. It's the secretive CEO, I thought to myself. Has to be because the board's getting the complaints from the industry. They're going to the CEO as they should have and said, hey, talk to us about it. What's going on? CEO's gone, oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's, let us work on it. It's all good. And we go down to the organisation. Everyone hates the board, mistrusts the board. Um, the, the leadership model in place doesn't look right, doesn't feel right. And essentially talking to them, they're praising the CEO. They're praising the CEO. So you've got everyone else shit-canning the board, a group of leaders around the CEO praising the CEO, and the board getting no answers from the CEO at all. Everything's gone back to one person here, the secretive CEO, right? So I decided that I'd have an interview with the secretive CEO, and it, 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 I didn't tell him any information about, about what I'd what I'm suspecting or about answers that I'd had so far and that sort of thing. And But the, the interview that I had with him made one thing clear to me. He was hiding something. There was information that he knew. There was information that he uh, uh, wasn't sharing, that he should be sharing, and there were answers that he wasn't giving me that, that I knew existed. So I made recommendations. Let's fast track this a little bit. I made recommendations to a board member about what I thought was going on. When this sort of stuff is happening, when you've got a, a leader, in this case, the secretive CEO, who's brought in employees and positioned them in a weird way that gives him a buffer from the people and a buffer from the board. And they're all singing this guy's praises. Um, the board doesn't have relationships with any of those guys, just the CEO, but everyone hates the board. When there's something like that going on, there's, there's, a, there's a common... Um, a factor there being that that person. Um, there's your problem, right? The problem's there somewhere. I got the gut feeling that this guy was trying to set up a, a competing organisation and he was going to use his team of leaders um, to help him develop that and bring them with him when he left. I, I was sure that was happening. I told a board member that. They didn't necessarily believe it to, to any serious extent couldn't act on it in that, in that position, so I made some recommendations and we moved on. Lo and behold, just a few weeks later, I believe it was, um, there, were, there were, from memory, there were reports where he'd been out at um, industry events and on, on a bit of a tour on industry, around the industry to try and shore up you know, the industry's confidence in this organisation, um, and he'd been making an absolute dick of himself. Um, the reports were that he'd been getting drunk, saying stupid things, 
um, shit canning board members, um, shit canning clients, and clients who are industry known, you know, in in the game for 30 years that everyone knows and has a good friendship with, and he's shit canning them to others, make it an absolute fool of the organization. So we had to put him on suspension and investigate what what just what is going on here because the brand is at risk and we've got to figure out what the hell's going on and it's all coming back to this seat. You're going to be suspended, we're going to investigate. We did that. Part of that, part of that investigation ended like this. The CEO was told, leave the company's property, leave the computer stuff at your desk. Um, we'll get through this quickly and, and we'll, we'll be in touch. Upon opening this CEO's employer-provided laptop, the Google automatically opened up. His Gmail was logged in and there were emails uh, visible. So he's on, you're in, on the workplace premises, the employer's property, using the employer's laptop connected to the employee's Wi-Fi and on the screen is personal emails. Now, we got, we got uh, legal advice on this as to whether we can actually use and access that information. And the answer was clear that, yes, especially in Queensland, that, you know, that, that is fair game. We, we can use exactly what's on, 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 that, on that email, on, on this screen. That's our evidence. And we can see that this CEO has been sending all the company's IP to his personal email address. It was clear to me right then, this guy was setting up another, another organization. Um, turns out he was, he was. Today, that organization exists in competition with, with, this, with this one right now. He took a, an employee out and started that organization with him too, as, as was suspected back, back in, the, in the functionality assessment. So what, what are the lessons there, okay? Um, Normally, when you've got employee issues and something isn't adding up, the workflows aren't happening, there's customer complaints, things are breaking down, there's bottlenecks, what's going on? Usually, you're going to think it's, it's, the, it's the employees or the teams or somewhere lower level. Not always the case. In this instance, it was the secretive CEO. He was sowing discord intentionally. Um, you know, he set up a structure to work a certain way intentionally to cause problems, to cause bottlenecks, um, you know, to, to have somewhere to point a finger at and saying, well, that's the issue. Well, that's the, oh, it's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me go and look into it. Oh, the way they're working, that's the problem. You know, that was all intentional um, to get the spotlight off him or to have a way to get the spotlight off him while he set up his competing business. Um, always consider every employee every level may be the issue it doesn't matter what level they're, they're operating at um, and investigate you don't have to wait until something goes really really bad to be able to stand someone down investigate them and make a call do a functionality assessment start talking to all your people engage a consultant get them in and get a report written and that is, is what you can act on that report the recommendations in that, in that report that come out um, or even just the facts of that report, give you a platform to stand on, to start asking questions and to start investigating people um, for what's actually happening. So, look, I want, there's so many stories I can tell. There's so many I can tell, and I think I'll tell more in a future episode, maybe when I've got someone else here that we can bounce off and, and share some stories. That would be the better way to do it. But um, there's some pretty key and significant lessons in those two stories. The unlucky cucumber I feel sorry for. That cucumber was innocent. 
had no role to play. It was dragged in. Um, so that one brings me some delight all these years later. As I said before and earlier, and as always, this podcast is brought to you by Workplace Advisory Specialists. Go to www.workplaceas.com. Check out the free tools there that you can download. Get in touch with us. Book a consultation if you need some help and some guidance. Um, or just reach out and ask a question. Give us your thoughts on these podcasts. Give us something to talk about. And in future episodes, we'll talk about um, you know, Facebook groups and things that we're going to create and get the conversation happening offline as well. That will influence what we talk about here. So until next time, keep a tight workplace and we'll talk again soon.